Hey, Jesse Paul Smith here with another episode of My Creative District Podcast. Super stoked for this episode. I had the honor to sit down with Zachary Babcock, founder of Underdog Empowerment. We talk about how he's went from five years in prison to building a six-figure business. This guy is an absolute beast. One of the top-rated podcasts uh, in business. He's interviewed everyone from Billie Jean Marketing to Dean Graziosi and so many more. Uh, and we talk about how you can elevate your brand through podcasting, how to do it right, how to set yourself up for success with podcasting. And we also talk about an interesting topic on why grinding it out 60 to 80 hours a week isn't always the answer. Don't miss this one. Let's get right to it. Welcome to another episode of the My Creative District podcast, where we discuss how to channel your creative power into building the life you want, building the business you want, and making the impact you want. We believe creatives can live out a passionate and fulfilled life when they completely embrace their unique design and purpose. Want to turn your passion into profit? Stay tuned to hear from industry professionals, paradigm shifters, and world changers who have done just that and live it every day. This is the My Creative District Podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. All right. I am so excited to get into this conversation. I have Zach Babcock all the way from Underdog Empowerment. Been watching this dude come up over the last couple of years. He's got an amazing story. Uh, and uh, one of the things I love about it is, uh, you know, he went from being in prison, not being able to uh, find anybody to give him a shot. And now people are banging on his door because he has created a huge business uh, around the podcasting space and uh, is doing some really cool things with podcasting within the prison system. We're going to talk all about that, but Zach, man, super excited to have you on the show. Yo, what's up, Jesse, man, dude, I'm super excited to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I got to ask you, I, I want to kind of start with this, you know, back in January, you started doing something that is super unconventional. You know, we are taught that we got to grind, man. We got to like get into it. You want to build a business. You got to grind and you got to, you know, work until your, your eyes bleed. I know you've done that. I know you've put in the 16 hour, 20 hour days, but you decided to do something really interesting. And that was going to work from noon to four. And you've been on a journey and even doing that, your business has still continued to explode. Talk to me about why you decided to make that decision. Yeah, man, I'm glad you're asking that question, dude. I'm super uh, excited about that. You know, prior to making that decision, dude, like you said, I was working 16 to 18 hour days, five to seven days a week. Business was the only thing. And then the the little bit of time that I was spending with my family, I wasn't really spending it with them, dude. I was like on my phone or distracted, you know, or thinking about the business. And I had gotten out of prison. And the whole reason why I turned my life around initially was to be in my kid's life. And now here I am, you know, spending that time with him. And so I made that decision, man. I was like, man, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. And I said, I'm going to work Monday through Friday, 12 to 4 PM and work 20 hours a week. And I did that. And that lasted all but one week. And I cut out Friday altogether and just been doing Monday through Thursday, 12 to 4 PM at 16 hours a week. So it went from 16 to 18 hour days to 16 hour weeks best decision I've ever made. Like you said, dude, it's crazy because I'm working a fraction of what I used to. 
and we're booming harder than we've ever boomed period. And it's, I think, I, I mean, I don't think I know it has to do with I'm actually taking care of myself. Now I'm, you know, back in the gym, focused on my health. I'm there dialed in with my relationships. You know, I'm just, I'm just playing the game all the way around, you know, instead of just business. So unless they've been under a podcasting rock or aren't very familiar with, you know, the podcasting world, you've been everywhere. Like, you know, you've been on a ton of shows. You've had some of the most amazing guests on your show, but you didn't start that way. And one of the reasons why I really was excited to talk to you is because I love your story about how you came from, you know, people doubting you, you doubting yourself to building the business that you've built today. But I want to kind of walk back to prison a little bit. I want to talk about, you know, what was, what was your mentality? What were some of the things that you know that were constantly causing you to trip up and, and, you know, prison is just a metaphor also for like making mistakes, right? I think we all live in our own prisons. What kept you from, what was the thing that kept putting you back there that kept you from really building the life that you were meant to live? It's a really good question, man. Honestly, I think, uh, I think I just didn't know what I didn't know. And I think I was running a, a program that wasn't really serving me. And, um, you know, I thought after I went to prison the first time, that, you know, I just threw my life away and that I was always, you know, going to have this thing hanging over me and I'm never going to be able to get a good job and all this good stuff. And, uh, you know, it, I don't know, man, I, I, cause like when I got out the first time, um, after doing four years, I, I didn't want to go back and that wasn't my intentions at all. And, uh, I actually, you know, wanted to stay out and do good. And, and I did for a while. And, um, but I was drinking a lot, but I mean, I mean, there's, I know people that are super successful that drink a lot of shit, you know what I'm saying? But I wasn't doing like the, the shit I was doing before, like Robin and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I think when I got that job at the, at the clothing store and then I got fired after getting a promotion uh, for being a convicted felon, I think that really crushed my spirits. And I kind of just gave up and was just drinking hardcore because I didn't think I was ever going to find anything else. And that led me to getting in trouble and going back just 20 days before my kids were born. And that was like the straw that broke the camel's back there. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. We, you know, it's often said that people don't sabotage us. We sabotage ourselves. And what you're talking about is, you know, you got unjustly let go, right? Because you were doing the job good enough to get a promotion. And then they said, oh, What's this in your background? And, you know, so they let you go because of something that was in your past. How have you now, because I know you've, you've talked about this on your podcast and several different interviews that I've talked to, that I've heard you share on. How did you start to ignore the people that wanted to keep bringing up your past and be able to embrace the person that you are now? Because I really feel like, especially creatives, we're, we're super sensitive right? And, and people's opinions of us crush us. And they, it's every time somebody wants to bring up the crap, uh, you know, we start to identify ourselves as the old person. How did you break free of that to be able to identify yourself as the new person? Well, um, I've been blessed with, uh, with being the way I am. What I mean by that is uh, I've uh, always wanted to buck the status quo, buck the trend or do something, you know, do something like I'd see if everybody was doing something, I'd want to do something different. I never wanted to fit in with the crowd, but 
at the same time, the contradictory part of that is I did always want to be accepted by other people. I mean, we all do. That's a human that's wired in us, you know, in our, in our, in our DNA uh, as humans. But um, when I woke up though and realized I was missing out on their, uh, on my twin son's birth, I said, I don't give a fuck what I got to do to get back home and be in my kid's life. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be a, a responsible father. I'm going to be happy and successful. I didn't know what none of that looked like or how I was going to do that, except for I just knew I was going to have to change people, places and things. And so when I had my mind set on something and lock in on it, I don't care. I'm going in on it. And so that's what it was. And I remember this like it was yesterday. I got out and um, I was doing network marketing is how I got my start coming out of prison. I remember I was at the bar one time, uh, bar Mimi's Bar and Grill in Ferguson, where I grew up at. And a bunch of friends were all there hanging out. And I think it was somebody's birthday or something. But I remember uh, having a conversation with one of my you know, friends. Uh, he was like, yeah, man, don't, he's like, don't do that shit. He's like, get into college, take the safe route, blah, 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 this and that and get this. Or he's like trying to go, uh, he's telling me to go into a apprentice program and take the safe route and all that. And I didn't say anything, but I was like, fuck no. Like I I never liked that type of shit. Anyways, it's not me. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I didn't listen and I'm glad, really, really, really glad I didn't listen. But uh, I don't know, man, I guess, I, I guess that's never been, it's weird, man, because before prison, man, I would do anything and everything to try and fit in with a crowd. And then I grew up and became my own man inside of prison. And I still want to be accepted by everybody, just like everybody else. But I also will say shit that I know is going to it's what I truly believe in. And that's going to piss some people off. But I'm going to stay true to my, my myself. So I guess it was, I kind of had to evolve into that. I don't really have a really rock solid answer for it. You've also said this is that you learned some stuff in prison that set you up for success. Um, and, and I want to talk a little bit about that because I think every time we, whether you trip up, make a mistake, you fail, whatever the situation is, you always have an opportunity to learn from it. Right. What do you think are some things that you learned, you know, in that, during that time in prison that has set you up to completely crush it? with your business that you have now? Yeah, man. A whole bunch of stuff. Uh, but by far the, the greatest lesson I learned was that there's going to, there's going to be shit that happens that you just can't control. That's life. You know, you know, the, like a, a tornado could come, uh, uh, you know, someone that you, you care for can die unexpectedly. Like there's stuff that the coronavirus, you know what I'm saying? Stuff's going to happen that you don't have any control over. Um, but I found though that you do have control over it and you do, and you can create your own reality and circumstance because you can always control how you choose to respond to whatever's thrown at you. And so, you know, someone could walk up and punch you in the face and you can decide to punch them back and, and get in a fight, or you could decide to be the bigger person, which I wouldn't, by the way, I'd definitely punch them back. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you, it's your decision to choose how you respond to whatever. And though that, that, that freedom, that all, that freedom that cannot be taken from any of us, that freedom to decide how we choose to respond is what empower, like, that's that moment that, di- that dictates your fate in your, in your life after, you know, of depending on what you decide to do. So that was definitely, um, uh, one of those uh, things that I took away. And, and another quick one was uh, I got really good at asking good questions. So and I used to always be like, oh, why is this shit always going to happen to me? And, 
you know, that's the wrong question. It gets me to focus on the wrong things. Um, you know, a bit by asking the right questions, like what can I do right now? That's going to help me get one step closer to my goal. That gets you to think about the right things. That's the right question to ask yourself. And then you, you ask it long enough and serious enough, then you'll end up getting those answers. How did you start getting really good at asking the right questions? I'm pretty passionate about this. I have a background in sales and, and, you know, and even helping the companies that I help now, it's all about asking the right questions of their clients and their, you know, their teams. How did you get good at asking good questions? Yeah. The first time I, you know, I did it was out of sheer luck. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that I decided to ask the question I did, but then I started learning about this stuff and, and realize, and then, so I asked it the first time when I was in prison and my sister passed away from a heroin overdose and I was in the hole and I woke up on that third day of being in the hole by myself and was like, God, you know, like, I don't know what I can do right now. I don't know why I'm still alive, but there's got to be a reason because I'm still here breathing. What can I do right now to find happiness and peace? And that question led me to find that inside of an eight by 10 prison cell. Um, so that was the first time I lucked into it. But then I got out. And I read a book uh, by Tony Robbins called Awaken the Giant Within. And he talks about this very concept. Like, you know, if you hear a question, whether you hear it or say it, wherever, you you have to look for the answer. So if I'm like, dude, that's a dope backdrop. What is that? And, you know, we're all thinking about what's your backdrop right now? Like everybody that heard that question. So once I learned that, then I just started getting really good on honing that craft through through deliberate practice. And I do it all the time. Like, like, like this Friday, I'm going to go out to the woods like I do every single Friday. And uh, I go out there and I, I, I do my thing. I'll be hiking and stuff and I'll do my journal exercises. And at the journal exercises, I'll ask specific questions. So like I, the one that I was doing a lot lately was, can I have it all? Because I was like serious, like, can I have it all? Can I build this empire of a business that I'm building and only work four hours a day, Monday through Thursday doing it? And have my fitness, my family and all this stuff dialed in that I want. And, and then it was like, can I have it all? And then I was like, well, what does all mean to me? And then I would journal on that and get really clear on what winning is to me. Cause what winning is to me is completely different to someone else, you know? So just through deliberate practice and uh, just constantly doing it. And it, like, even when I'm mapping out what I want in life, like what does all mean to me? I said, and I like, I want a six pack abs. Well, why do I want a six pack abs? And I'm like, well, because I want to look good and feeling okay, but why do I want to look good? You know, and I'll go past that. And, and when you get to the core of things, that's when you, when there's really power in that. Yeah. Dean Graziosi talks about that. He calls it the seven layers deep exercise. And I, I love that because you, you know, so many times, you know, the first two or three answers you get are not really the root answer, right? It's, it's so much deeper than that. Talk to me a little bit when you first came out of prison. So it's interesting because you had a situation where, you know, you, the first time out of prison, you get this job, get promoted, they let you go because of your past, right? And then uh, that causes you to stumble back, you go back into prison, you get out again, um, and still nobody's going to give you a chance, Right. What was the thing that you feel drove you to make a different decision that time than the last time? Because instead of getting bitter, granted, you, you, you said, I'm going to build this for me. But instead of like building a business around something that could get you in trouble, you, you went and, and you, you built a massive business, 
you know, in a different direction. What do you think was the catalyst that made you decide to take the higher road this time versus the last time? I made that decision when I, when I was still in the prison cell, missing out on my twin son's birth. I was like, man, I'm done, dude. I don't want, cause I, 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 I do this stuff all the time. This is something that I, I haven't really taught. I should start making more posts and talking about this more often, but every single day, I visualize like my life being over and done and be, and, and I try to visualize like if I keep doing what I'm doing now, what my life's going to be like when I'm getting ready to die. And then I try to see if I, like, that's what I want. You know, if, if I'm living to my potential, if I'm doing these things, right. And so for, for me, th- that's what I did in that prison. So I was like, man, if I keep doing the same things that I'm doing, I'm either going to end up in and out of prison my entire life or dead, but I'm not going to be in my kid's life or I'll end up getting a life sentence and spending the rest of my life in prison. But it's going to be in and out of prison all the way in prison or dead. And none of those were going to be with my kids. Uh, and so that's the decision I made. I was like, man, dude, I don't care. I'm, I'm doing whatever I got to do to get out of here and I'm not going back. And uh, you know, I knew I had to change my people, places, and things. And when I got out, I was like, I don't care what I got to do. I'm going to figure out something, but it's going to be legit to where it's not going to lead me back to prison. And that was just my, that was my conviction. Like it wasn't like, oh, I'm interested in doing this. Like, no, I'm doing this. Like, this is what's going to happen. I'm not taking no for an answer. And it's crazy. Like it's always that conviction is when I actually break through. It's when I, whenever I'm just like, kind of, eh, you know, maybe this sounds interesting, but I don't know. And I never get shit done in that way. But whenever I'm convicted and like not taking no for an answer, I'm like, Hey, this is it. We're doing this. And if we don't do this, we just fail and we're going to die. But this is what we're doing. That's whenever um, breakthroughs really truly do happen. Yeah, man. I I'm so on board with that. I, I, you know, I teach my clients all the time. Like you need to get to a 10, like if between a one to a 10, one, you don't want to do anything with your life as you know it now, don't change a thing to 10. I have to change this no matter what the cost. If you're not at a 10, you're not ready to make a change and you're not going to follow through it. Tony Robbins says, until you go from a should to a must, you're just going to completely should all over yourself, right? You're, you're never really going to move forward. And so I love the fact that you talking about getting a deep why to make that, to make that change. Now, you know, again, somebody taking a look at your business, <clears throat> you're one of the top rated uh, podcasts, you know, in, in business and marketing uh, and absolutely crushing it. But, you know, you didn't start with a team. You didn't, <laughs> you know, you started this thing on your own, right? So for all of my people out there right now that are trying to build a brand or a platform or a name for themselves, what were some of the key things that, you know, helped you be able to get things going as a solopreneur before you were able to build out a team? Yeah, man, it's an easy answer. Um, it's probably not the sexy answer that most people want to hear, like a super secret shortcut or whatever. And that's another thing too. There ain't no shortcuts and secrets. Yeah, you got to do the work, man. But uh, the thing though was honing and mastering a skill set that that I knew was valuable to the marketplace. So you gotta, you gotta sink your teeth in and actually figure out like, all right, what is it that I wanna do? All right, that's like your passionate side of it. All right, is this thing gonna fill my cup up and you know, help me feel like I'm, uh, I'm living in my purpose? Is it, is it gonna you know, help me feel uh, fulfilled, right? And if it checks those boxes, awesome. 
And then what is the, the, this something that's the marketplace wants, right? That they actually need and want, because here's the thing, here's, here's where most people mess it up, man, is they, they try to make people desire what they have. They try to convince people to buy their products and it doesn't work like that. The golden rule. I mean, like this is the overall nugget takeaway from the book breakthrough advertising, which is the greatest book on marketing. You'll ever, you just read that book and you'll never have to read anyone again. It's for $300 on Amazon. Uh, but you can go to, I think it's like breakthrough advertising book.com and get it for a hundred it's worth thousands of dollars, dude. It's so dense. But anyways, I'm starting to go, I'm actually get affiliate link for that shit. Anyways, the golden rule out of there is um, you can't make the market desire your product. It, it, it's impossible. All you can do is take an existing desire in the marketplace and channel it to your product. And so um, figure out what it is that the marketplace actually wants and needs. And does it line up with your purpose and passion? Boom. Once it is, then figure out the skills that you need to develop in order to deliver it and then go about mastering them. And that doesn't happen overnight. True mastery is 10,000 hours of deliberate practice on your craft. Now you don't have to have 10,000 hours in before you can actually start making money, but you need to master it on a certain level where you could produce a result that's kick-ass and better than your competition. So one of the things that I love about the fact that you're very unapologetic about, hey, I don't sell secrets. I don't sell quick, quick routes, um, you know, but yet you've helped countless people launch their podcast. You run a really powerful mastermind around podcasting, help plenty of people get, you know, top ranked in their, in their podcasting and helping them expand their business through podcasting. But so many people don't want to do the work you just talked about. What do you think is the thing that keeps people from doing that work? They want to learn the next marketing tip, but they're not willing to sit down with themselves and actually figure out some of the stuff that you just talked about. Path of least resistance, man. Humans are wired to take the path of least resistance. And so the majority of people are not going to do the work. And that's why the majority of people are not at the top. The top people are at the top. And so if you're going to come about it and actually do the work that you have to do to be at that level, then you can get to that level. If not, you're just going to be in the crowd with like everybody else. Um, for me, man, I've, I've always had an intense desire to be number one or, you know, like to do legendary shit, man. Like I've always said, like I used to see myself on stage when I was five years old and stuff. And like I've always wanted to do big, 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 big shit. And I've always gravitated towards that. If it's something average or whatever, I personally can't do it. Now, there's other people that are perfect for that. And there's nothing wrong with being average because, dude, I got some friends that I grew up with that make a, a little six-figure income and they don't have much after that because they got the house and the car and all that stuff. But they're happy as fuck because they go to work and then when they get off work, they spend their time with their family. They have these hobbies that they do and like, and they're happy and they're because they know what success looks like to them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think the key thing here is just really getting truly clear on what it is that you want and why you want it. That's like one of the most important things you can do for yourself. Yeah, man. I've, I've, I've learned a really valuable lesson over the last two years is that there's no amount of success, no amount of projects, doesn't matter who you're doing it with that can replace peace right? There's just, there's just nothing like it. And uh, I, I love how you've, even through your journey over the last six months have really been open about that. Hey man, I'm, I'm working 16 hours a week so that I can 
have my peace. Uh, and I think that's super important. Now let's dive a little bit into podcasting. Let me, let me ask you this. And, uh, you know, podcasting has been around for a minute now. It's, you know, it feels like everybody has a podcast, but do you feel like the life of the podcast is, is, is dead? Is it still something that's super valuable and why should people get involved in podcasting even now, regardless of how many shows are out there right now? You should not do podcasting if you uh, fall into the uh, the category of what we were talking about earlier of not wanting to do the work. Uh, what I mean by that is um, if you're not going to put out an episode every single week on the same day, same time, every single week and stick to that and that's just how you roll, don't even think about doing podcasts. You're just, it's just, it's not gonna, you're not going to get any traction with it. You're not going to go anywhere with it, so don't even waste your time. However, if you can build in that discipline and have a weekly show and you're going to put in the, you know, you could batch them out or whatever you're going to, whatever your game plan, but you're going to stick to that. Then yeah, man, definitely. And I absolutely, I mean, obviously my opinion is super biased because podcasting changed my life and we got a whole business about it and we changed over 200 people's life of podcasting now. So I'm absolutely all for podcasting. Um, and if you and if you look at it, man, there's still less. There's less than a million active shows uh, on Apple. And if you just just look at YouTube, there's over like 350 million YouTube channels, active YouTube channels. You know, so you are able to stand out way more in a podcast than you would on pretty much any other platform. Uh, so it's still it's still it's just now entering the gold the podcasting is just now entering its golden age. And I don't want to bore you guys with like stats and facts, but you go check out a bunch of interesting stuff on Nielsen.com. Um, they have a bunch of really cool data driven analytics on why podcasting is pretty dope. Now, obviously there are some things that go into a podcast that's going to attract a good audience, right? You have to have key things set up, whether, you know, whether it's good audio or if you're going to do a video podcast, make sure that, you know, you're not doing it in your laundry room or something like that. But what are some really key things that people need to make sure they have to have a good quality podcast that they can build a foundation from? Yeah, man, you can get a podcast set up on Amazon for 60 bucks for the mic and, and the pop filter and your, and your headphones or whatnot. Uh, and it still sounds great and it plugged directly in your computer. So it's no like techie shit that's confusing or whatnot. So when I work with people, you know, people are excited to learn how to get it ranked on Apple and grow the, grow the audience and interview top level people and make money from the show. You know, that's the fun, the exciting, the sexy stuff. Right. But none of that matters if you don't, if you don't nail it on your marketing message. It's the most important thing. It's the foundation of everything because we could send, you know, all these people to your podcast. But if you, if your marketing message isn't dialed in and it's speaking to a specific person, nobody's going to stick around, man. So we do that. Um, we do it through a formula that I call the four W's, which is you nail down who is your podcast for a very specific person. And you got to get specific. And I know people like in the beginning of their entrepreneurial journey really struggle with this. A lot of people do. They're like, well, I can help anybody. That's bullshit. If you, if you're going through with that, if you think you can help anybody and your messages for anybody, it's going to help nobody. It literally has to be for a specific type of person. 
And, and what I'll tell you is that when you nail it down and your messaging is clearly speaking to a very specific type of person, it's going to be perfect for that person. It's going to draw them right in, but then you're still going to draw people that don't fit that, but that want to become that, you know what I'm saying? So for an example, to tie it all in together, if you say, Hey, who is underdog empowerment for, I'm going to say it's for alpha male entrepreneurs rough around the edges that have this crazy big vision so big that other people don't believe that they're going to make it happen, but they don't give a shit because they're going to do whatever it takes to level up and win. That's very descriptive, right? Alpha male entrepreneur rough around the edges, big vision, boom, 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 you know, going to do whatever it takes to win. And even though that, that my message is for that, guess what? I got so many alpha female entrepreneurs in my audience. I got so many beta males that are wanting to become the alpha version of themselves. And so they're attracted to that. And it, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I pull other people out, but my messaging is always for that specific person. So that's so key right there. Like, oh my God, you got you to get that down. And I'll fly through the other quick three real quick. Uh, the, the second W is, is what, what is your podcast about? Be able to explain it in one sentence or less. You know, what is underdog empowerment? It is the number one resource for alpha male entrepreneurs to level up in business and life. Very clear, concise, straight to the point. Uh, third is where, where is your podcast taking? You got to be able to communicate a future that they desire, something that they actually want and that they have hope and faith in, because if they don't have hope and faith, they get, paralyzed, they get jammed up. But if you can communicate a future that they have faith and hope in, it renders them perceptive to change. So uh, it's basically the benefit from listening to this podcast. You're going to go from X, which is the pain point they're in now, to Y, which is the future that they desire and have faith in. And then finally, why? Why should people listen to you? Very very important. Um, and you could do this in a number of different ways, but this is like your your differentiator in the market space, you know? So like there's probably my podcast, when you break it down to, to its simplest core, it's a podcast about entrepreneurship. There's a lot of podcasts about entrepreneurship in there. So why should people listen to me? And so I hit it from a perspective of my story from having a different perspective from being in prison to rubbing elbows to multimillionaire entrepreneurs. I can't, I've been on both ends of the, of the stick. And so I bring that unique perspective to it. You could, you might have like a crazy stark contrast story like that, you know, from, from 15 years in corporate America, feeling in prison to breaking free and launching a seven figure business, you know, something like that, or from being told, you know, getting this terminal disease and being told that I was going to die to thriving in life and beating all expectations. That could be one way. It could be your personality. You check out other shows in your space and you notice that you're real funny and everybody else is boring or whatnot. Are you real polarizing? That could be another way. Or it could be as simple as how you structure and format your show. And you have this like spot in your segment in your show where you ask these silly questions or something. I don't know. But there's a million different ways to do it. Just pick one, fix, find something and run with it. And then you can change and iterate it as you grow and get to understanding your audience more. Man, if you're listening to this right now, rewind that and literally listen to that. And you could get just the basis of everything you need for your podcast right there. Because what those four points really map out is everything you need to know. The next question I might have, and and maybe somebody is asking this too, is how do you help somebody decide whether they should be a solo cast, uh, you know, podcast where they're the ones that are just going on ripping off, you know, they're, they're ripping on something that they're passionate about, or they're having talking points themselves versus, you know, the interview style where you're bringing guests on, do you feel like there's one better than the other? Is there a right or a wrong answer for that? And how do you distinguish which one you should do? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. And so how you distinguish that is you got to figure out what's your goals. What are you trying to do? And if your goal is like, let's say maybe you don't have much of a brand and you're trying to, you're trying to build one and, and get known, you'll do it faster by doing interview styles, being able to tap into other people's audiences and stuff like that. If you already have a brand established, um, you know, and you, and you just want to be like the expert authority and, and whatnot, then maybe the solo ones work better for you. Me personally, I prefer the interview style way more because there's so much more opportunities for growth when you do it. However, there is benefits in having just a solo one. You know, those are like those short little five minute, 10 minute episodes. They're easy to produce. You're just riffing off the top of your head. And you build a really strong, deep connection with your audience. It just takes a while, unless you already have an audience, it just takes a while to get that momentum going with it. Now, again, you started you started off really with not much of a network at all, right? And you started just building your show. And, and again, you've had everybody from, I mean, anybody that's anybody has been on your show. You've had a lot of amazing people on your show. But how did you start out getting the right people on the show and what kind of information or what kind of advice would you give to people about getting people on the show? Cause there's definitely a right or a wrong way to do that. Yeah, man. Uh, you're asking some killer questions, by the way. Uh, really glad that you, that you're bringing them up too. Cause that's super important, bro. Oh man. I learned this through mistake. Uh, I had people on my show that I wouldn't have on my show now, you know what I'm saying? And so I didn't know anybody. I was just trying to throw anybody in the pipeline. I didn't have like, hey, they have to fit this criteria and these core values in order to come on. Um, and I wish I would have. Um, and so like if I were to start a podcast from scratch now, uh, it, I would run it how I run mine now. And I'm super, very, very intentional on the guests that I bring on my show uh, because you got to think about it. Your audience is, if you bring on some, some person that just, doesn't resonate with your audience or doesn't add any value, that's a bad look on you because you let them on the show. You're the host. You're the you're the leader of that group. And so be very super intentional about the people you bring on your show. Uh, and I wouldn't do stuff just uh, to try and produce episodes or whatever the case may be. And when you do the reach out, like how do you reach out to them? Because I mean, you get it all the time. I get it all the time. Just people randomly reaching out to me on the show. And it's like, you've clearly never even looked at my show <laughs> or, you know, you clearly don't know me. I've had people reach out to me to be on their podcast. I'm sure you've done the same thing. And you can clearly see that I know my message isn't going to resonate with your audience or, you know what I mean? All that. So how do you reach out to people properly and get, you know, obviously get a higher rate of response back for people that say to say yes on your show? Yeah, man. Uh, so are, are you talking about from, like to pitch yourself to go on other shows or to get people to come on yours. Yeah. To, to get people to come on to your show. Yeah. So that believe it or not is easier than pitching to go on, on other people's shows, at least from my experience. But uh, what I do to get people to come on my shows, I just, dude, <laughs> here's my, here's my pitch. Here it is. Like, so say I uh, say I'm pitching Grant Cardone in his inbox. Here it is right here. Hey man, would love to have you on my top-rated podcast, Underdog Empowerment. You're a perfect fit for my show. Can we make it happen? Question mark. Talk soon, Zach. It's literally it, bro. That's the first. Super vague. I love it. I love it. 
Yeah, dude. And and then and then the second one to follow up that is a little bit longer, but it's still super short. And the reason why I share that with you guys is that, dude, like just like you mentioned, I get I get pitched all the time for my podcast. And so if I know if I get pitched all the time for my podcast, I wonder how much Grant Cardone's getting pitched for him to come on other people. You know what I'm saying? Like he's it's like tenfold at least. And so uh I know when I get these pitches, right, these emails or whatever, these DMs, and if it's like a autobiography, right, I'm not even reading it because I got too much shit going on. I, I see that and I get anxiety and I don't even read it. You know what I mean? Because I got too much shit going on. And, 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 and so if you're just short, sweet, straight to the point, blunt, going straight for the kill, dude, they respect that. You know what I'm saying? And most of the time, like if you're pitching Grant Cardone, you're not even pitching him anyways. You're pitching his gatekeepers, but their gatekeepers respect that because they're overwhelmed and stuff. And if it's something that they can just easily see, Oh, you know? And so that, that pitch right there has worked more than anything else. And then like the follow-up, if like we don't get a response or whatnot, then the follow-up is I'm going to go into a little bit more detail, uh, but not much. And still super short to the point. It's like, hey, I'm following up with you because I would, I, I think you'd enjoy being on my show just as much as I would and our audience would. Hey, the show's about Underdog Empowerment. I did over five years in prison and now I'm scaling businesses. You can learn more about here at Underdog Empowerment. So if they click that link, all the website does the work for me. And then I'm like, uh, I've had, I do a little bit of name drop and just to show that I had certain people on. And I say, and I know my audience is going to uh, really dig you too. So let's get you on. Let's promote that you got going on. Talk about anything you uh, that you're promoting right now and we'll promote it to my audience. Let's make it happen. I'm just, I'm just trying to communicate the benefits for them coming on my show. Highlight those really quickly though. And straight to the point. Yeah. I love that. Again, if you rewind this the last 10, 15 minutes, you could literally get everything you need to know about, you know, how to set up your podcast properly, make sure you're resonating with the right people and getting good quality guests on your show. I know that we got to wrap here. I know that you and I could jam all day, bro, but I know you're working on some really, really exciting projects right now. And I want to give you a second to chat about it because I think what you're doing now in trying to help other inmates be able to have success when they come out of prison is, is phenomenal. So talk to us a little bit about your new project you got coming on. Hey man, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, dude, uh, we just launched Convicted Life, which is a podcast that me and my partner Travis uh, launched. We put it out there and uh, we got it into the prison systems on 115,000 devices inside of the prison systems. And so it's unique in the fact that it's the first podcast of its kind to be in the prison systems. And what we're doing is we're helping people live a convicted life, like convicted of living an extraordinary life and it's for people getting ready to go to prison currently serving time or people that's already been released we're giving you the roadmaps and the blueprints to get out and you know be successful and be a productive member of society and you know i I share that through my own experience travis shares it through his own experience of being in the system and getting out and then we interview people that have done the same and so we try to cover from all different types of industries, you know, because people are going to fall into different strengths. You know, some people might be perfect, come out and be a contractor, or some people might be like me and would suck as being a contractor and might be better at digital marketing. You know what I'm saying? So uh, 
we just try to hit it from as many angles as possible. And the mission behind it is a 9% recidivism rate or lower in the U.S. Uh, I won't even get into detail, but basically our prison system is a fucking joke. It's designed to keep you in prison. The, the, the resources available to you coming out of prison are a complete utter waste of taxpayer dollars. Uh, they don't help. It just it actually hurts because you got to go to these classes that don't even help. And it's taken away from the time that you could be looking for a job and you got to scrounge up bus money. It's just it's just a, it's crazy. But uh, our goal is to arm these people. We're not making excuses for anybody. You put yourself in prison, but we're trying to give you resources that will legitly help you. You still got to do the work. You just got to be convicted of living that extraordinary life. And we're going to give you the roadmap for it. Man, I love that. I love that. Well, listen, brother, I just so much appreciate your time. You have dropped a ton of bombs, gems in this interview. It's been awesome. Um, where can people find you if they want to connect more with you, want to learn more about what you're doing? How can they, how can they find that? Because I know you even do a lot of coaching with podcasters. And so there might be some people that could really use your help. Where can they connect with you? Right on, man. Yeah. All right. So um, if you want to learn more about Convicted Life, uh, get involved with that. Um, or, you know, uh, love, you have a, a loved one that's either doing time or has done time and you want to shoot them to that, uh, they can go to convictedlife.com. If you need help with podcasting, you want to launch a podcast or you already have a podcast that's launched and you want to scale it, go to podcastpowertrain.com. And if you just want to jam out with me and get to know me more, come check out the podcast or uh, any of my social medias. It's all on underdogempowerment.com. So, those three websites, convictedlife.com, podcastpowertrain.com, underdogempowerment.com. We'll get it all in the show notes too so that you can check all that out. Make sure that you connect with Zachary Babcock. Dude, awesome being able to chat with you. I so much appreciate your time. You absolutely killed it. Thanks for coming on the show. Dude, thanks for having me, man. I had a blast today. Thank you for listening to another episode of the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. Here, we turn your passion into profit. Follow us on Facebook and stay tuned for another episode of the My Creative District podcast.